Uh, hello everybody, and welcome to books that Justin didn't read in school. This is a, what's, wait, it's like a side thing? Yeah, like a side quest. Okay. Okay, everybody, welcome back to books <laughs> Justin didn't read in school. A side quest of reading held hostage, where we do books I did not fucking read. In school. So, Justin, yes, what are if the... if you are my English teacher right now, one... <sighs> Why? How? 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 Why? Tell me now. Did you, did you find it? Yeah. 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 This. This podcast. This podcast. Yeah. Um. Two. I read these. No, you fucking didn't. Oh, I'm not supposed to curse in the first couple minutes. Sorry, YouTube. <laughs> um. So what's the acronym? So it's R H H. I'm looking at it, so I can't participate. Okay. R H H B J. D-I-R-S? D-R-I-S. That's what I said. No, it's not. I said R-H-H-B-J-D-R-I-S. You didn't say that the first time. I did. I guess we could literally go back and listen. We have audio proof. We'll see who's wrong when we post this. Uh, Actually, we're not going to review this episode. Leave a comment down below. (laughs) (laughs) Did I say it right or not? Or not. But this is a late night episode for us. It's 10 o'clock. I'm eating a snack of hot Cheetos. On a Saturday. On a Saturday, because... Because we're sinners. That's why. Well, I was going to say, because the way we're going to post these um, is we're going to post them on the last day of every month. Or the first. I hope the last, actually, is what mm, I was saying. Maybe. Like, what I was saying just then is what I was kind of thinking. Okay. So, um, you're wrong. The other <laughs> types of books that I have on my list to read for this is, like, Gatsby, The Giver, which I think The Giver would be a nice one for next week. Yeah. Or next month. Animal Farm, Lord of the Flies. Pretty much anything that you were, like, given to read in a um, class from, let's say, fifth grade um, to senior year in high school. Yeah. From person to graduation. Yeah. Because, I mean, hopefully they're not giving you. But, like, I have, like, Where the Red Fern Grows in here. Um which was for me a sixth grade or fifth grade reading. Um, I, re- I very distinctly remember reading that. Same with Running Out of Time. But you were in advanced class, so. Not but I think they started advanced um, at sixth grade oh, well, for us. You were still a gifted reader. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Thanks, babe. That's why we have a fucking reading podcast. <laughs> true. But yes, I have always loved to read. I did, when they told us to read in school, I did read it. I even read the... Which I'm not going to read on this podcast. The fucking Bible. I was told to read the Bible for AP Lit, lit I think. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I can't remember if I took AP Lit That's or... That's so fucking lit. Whatever the other one was for the AP English classes. Can you... My good joke that I had? Wow, babe, that was really good. AP Lit. Okay. So, can we just talk real quick why you didn't read these in school? Like, it's not that you were lazy. You have ADHD and dyslexia. You have read books before, and you yep. have liked reading books yeah. before. Um, my executive function was off the charts in yeah. high school. I like anything I wasn't interested. in, I just didn't do. Yeah, and that caused a lot of problems for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, we know now that reading is not your favorite, but listening is pretty good. Like we yeah. listen to audiobooks um, every once in a while. Oh, I listened to, I need to get back into it, but the first book of um, 
Percy Jackson guy starts with an R. Rick Riordan. Rick Riordan. Um, his North mythology. Norse mythology North. one, yeah. Um, Mang- North mythology. Magnus Chase, Mangus Chase, one of yeah. those. I don't think I say the... I don't say... The, I think it was Magnus. Okay, I don't say it right because it's one of those words I read. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's not that you were like, oh, fuck it, I'm never going to read. It was kind of like, I literally am yeah. not able to read this book. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I'm going to talk about anime now. Like okay, everybody, you got a quick minute. Everybody's like, oh, you got to watch this anime. It's It's really good, but it's like just dubbed. I can't read fast enough to keep up yeah. with animes. Yeah, and they definitely go fast. And so I kind of wanted to start this series because it's free. Um, eventually we might put ads on it, but it's free for kids who can't read the way that normal, non-neurodivergent... Mm. I don't want to use the word normal, but you know what I'm saying. Neurotypical. Yeah, the way the school system is designed for... Which is Nobody. Except for me. Yeah. I kicked ass in the school system. Um, Your special interest has to be school. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so, anyway, that's enough of that. Today we're reading Running Out of Time, which, like I said, I remember very distinctly reading it in fifth grade. Yeah. Did you... I'm assuming you didn't read it. No. Okay. But it's... I remember being a kid and being like, that fucking sounds lit. I wish Never I could read, read it. That. Yeah. So, tell me what you remember about it. Um. So... Wait, sorry. Spoilers? Pod- well, yeah, but wait, I do distinctly remember this book being, and when I reread it, at a good level for a 10 to 11, or a between 9 and 11 year old that would be reading this in fifth grade. So what Hunger Games and Twilight should be. Yeah, actually. So yeah. go ahead and tell me what you remember. Um, so, Spoilers included. Yeah, yeah. They're living in this town, and it's like, what, um... They have, like, blacksmiths and shit. Like, colonial time. Like, yeah. just settling colonial time. Mm-hmm. And, um... She's the daughter of a blacksmith. I remember that. Yeah. That's a specific detail, correct. Um, and then... They're, like, dying of... What is it? Uh, some sort of plague. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And then her mom's like, Go do blah, 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 and blah. To get out of here and get us medicine. Mm-hmm. And it turns out they're in like the 80s. Yeah. Which was modern day when it came out, right? Or Um, no, but yes, it is only like 10 years. Okay. That was good. Yeah. Is that all you've got? Yeah. And then shenanigans. Shenanigans does in fact ensue. So that was really good. Um, I want to start with the author is Margaret Peterson Haddix. She's an Aries. She's ha- she's known for two different series. Home Homie has written a lot of books. Um, I haven't read these other two series, but I'm sure I would have liked them as a kid. And let's be honest, I probably like them now when I need to escape reality. Grew up in Ohio. Boo! Boo. That sucks. I literally dumb wrote my note. That shit. sucks. Only wanted- dumbasses grow up in Ohio for sure. Only morons. She always wanted to be a writer, and this was her first book. Which is crazy that it's, like, if, if your first book is being read in schools yeah. in your lifetime, like, that's a pretty good book. Even yeah. if it's fifth grade reading level, like, mm-hmm. that's still awesome. Yeah. She has written more than 40 books aged for children and teens, and I'm assuming actually aged for children and teens. Um, I don't understand. She is still an avid They're writer. They're going to have sex, right? No. 
She's still an Avril. <laughs> Shut up. She's still They're an Avril. They're gonna at least now. do a genocide. Right? Her last book. Well. Oh. <laughs> her last book was published in 2018, and she doesn't have, from what I could see, any controversies or scandals, and she just seems to be a lady who likes to read and write, which is great. Chill lady. Reading and writing. So instead of going chapter by chapter, I'm going to do kind of like five chapters chunked into one. Um, so are you ready to get going? Yeah, this is not going to be a series of... No, no, no. ...of a book. This is going to be this is an a quick, episode of book, yeah. Well, I say quick, but how many pages did I? I wrote nine pages of notes. Oh, so damn. Okay. That's usually an hour 15 for us. Okay. Um, so in the first chapter, obviously, we meet our main character, who is 13-year-old Jesse Kaiser. So I just want to... 13. 13 years old. Um, picture a friend, a f- sibling, somebody you know in your neighborhood who's 13. Maybe picture them te- like picture them 10 years ago, a 13-year-old. Not now, today's 13-year-olds with all their electronics and stuff. Um, but they're young. I'm not getting off their damn phones. <laughs> but 13 is really young. Yeah. Really young. So she's the daughter of the town midwife and blacksmith. And one day she her she wakes up to or one night she wakes up to her mom kind of like getting ready to go. She's got a note about some sick kids in the village. The year is eighteen forty, so they get. And again, this is all from Jesse. So she's like thinking about how like it's awesome that her mom is a midwife. It's so weird that like we used to get these medicines from Doctor Fister that were really good. Whoa! <laughs> Shut up. But. People in our, my town trust my mom, like, even though, like, our doctor used to give out pills that instantly helped. Yeah. So, I'm an adult reading this. Those were antibiotics, because yeah. I know what was going on. Jessie's really excited about this adventure, but scared. Her mom is kind of scaring her. Like, she, she's like, something is extremely wrong with these children. Yo, these children, low-key bound to die, kind so. Of fucked. Here, yo. And Jessie reflects on the many weird things in her village, such as strange trees with black boxes on them, haunted trees that always seem to be whispering. And she knows that she is strong and brave. She's braver than the rest of the kids in the village. Braver than the troops. And she's only 13, and she doesn't understand why Dr. Fister won't give these kids the pill. She's like, I know I'm supposed to ignore the pills and that I could get spanked for noticing it, but, like, just give them the pills. Yeah. But... She wonders if adults everywhere keep this many secrets. Um, no. no. Her mom takes her into the woods to pick herbs. But before they leave, um, this family puts... The family of the house they're leaving puts a sign that says quarantine. She's like, what's quarantine? And her mom's like, it is something that is um, dangerous. There's a dangerous disease inside. Oh boy, oh boy. What is quarantine? <laughs> I know, a little too close to home, eh? Uh, they stop behind a huge rock in the woods when she used to play on as kids and her mom is like whispering her. It's like making her really scared and uncomfortable. And she's like, I need you to do something incredibly dangerous. Like, I think we'll be able to avoid it. But like, if we can't, like, you're going to have to do something about it. like, I need you to trust me. And, and Jesse's like, yo, what the? Yeah. <laughs> Again, 13. Yeah, honestly, uh, I remember my 13th birthday. At least I think I do. I think we went to a TGI Fridays. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if at that TGI Fridays, my mom goes, <laughs> I need you to go on a quest. Literally. I'd shit my pants <laughs> yep. and it'd be the same color as the little, uh, 
gummy worm mud <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, the next day, Jessie wakes. She does her chores and wonders about the night before. Like, she's really scared and she tries to, like, play and talk to her family like normal, but it's not happening. Hey, guys. Hey. She's got, like, I can't remember how many siblings she has, but I think it's, like, six kids. Ugh. Um, if you're from a big family, cringe. <laughs> that's a literally skill issue, honestly. Yeah. Be born to a smaller family, <laughs> idiot. They go to their school, and at their school, she has to recite all of the presidents from memory in the year, and then the states and stuff like that, which is, like, so, like, back then teaching methods. Like, just fucking learn it and recite it. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah, just memorize things. <laughs> she talks to the other kids and, like, notices that, because it's every kid from her village is in this yeah. fucking school. So she, like, they're, like, road differently so like she can see each kid from each row that's missing and she's like a lot of people are getting sick yeah and at the end of the school day one of her little sister katie one of her little sisters whose name is katie she's got to be like five or six she's really Mm -hmm. young and she's like i'm not feeling well and she's burning up and she carries katie home on her back mama flew up mama flew up um as she's like super scared she's like katie it's gonna be okay And then she's like, oh, shit, I can't say, okay, it's a forbidden word. Mm. Um, So she's like, crap, like, it's another forbidden word, like, shut up, and I could get spanked for it. So she's, like, worried, but she doesn't get caught saying that. Yeah. Do you know what's, like, weird about the classroom scene? Hmm. It's basically just being in a classroom with assigned seats, but every child in the village. You literally. (laughs) Like, it's every child. Yeah. Yep, everyone. Like, I mean, there's probably, what, 45 plus of them in there? Yeah. Yeah. She goes into the woods to collect herbs, and she's worried about seeing, again, this book, 1840, written in the 90s, a dangerous Indian in the woods. Uh-oh. We know that's not okay now, but she's born in 1840. Okay. She meets her mom, and her mom gives her the lowdown. She's like, hey, Jesse, not to freak you out. Super going to freak you out. All these kids have diphtheria. It's really bad. And she's like, the gist is, I don't really know how to tell you this. It's actually 1996. And Jesse's like, uh... How can it be 1996? It is literally 1840. That is a 156 year uh, difference. Mom, it's a whittly 1840. Whittly, I'm doing a gwitty in 1840. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay, so diphtheria um, is gross. So I'm just gonna do a quick on it. It's a serious infection caused by bacteria. It's the shitting disease, and then you die, right? It's a shitting disease. Yes. Mo- um, okay. Most of the- most of them back then were shitting. Diseases. Were the shitting disease, and then you die. But it actually um, does not seem to be a shitting disease. It seems to be. I mean, I'm sure it's got shitting issues, but it seems to be like a upper respiratory infection, mm. like um, bad breathing, rashes. Difficulty swallowing, um, coughing, swollen lymph nodes, stuff like that. Okay, so more black plague than... Yeah, but it is easily preventable via vaccine. And in the U.S. Crazy. currently, there are um, fewer than 20,000 cases That's a year. crazy. I know, cra- crazy. It's like vaccines fucking work or something. I don't understand. Um, her mom is like, I've always wanted to tell you and your brother... And your sister, but it was not safe to Miles Clifton, the guy who built this village, 
um, is like, yeah, no, Jesse, I know you were taught about Miles Clifton, but he did it differently than what you were taught. So she's taught that Miles Clifton came in and was the first settler of And just built a town. Yeah. yeah. But in reality, he's a millionaire with a limousine and he wanted to create a real actual historic village and tourist location. Bro's trying to do Westworld, but couldn't figure out how to build robots. <laughs> yeah. He's like, robots are too hard. How about I just enslave people? It's perfect. Great idea. Jesse has a hard time wrapping her brain around this. What? What? Yeah. But mostly because it's so hard to travel. She's like, what's a tourist location? We literally can't get anywhere without walking or horse cart. So it would be a pain to travel. So this millionaire is just trying to Truman show literally, a village it's very of kids. Tr- yeah, it's literally Truman show. Um, which I can't imagine how scary this would be. Hey, it's literally 156 years in the future. Yeah. Hey, at least Truman was in the correct time. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. what was going on in the show, like, reflected outside? Yeah. So, um, the tourists can see through mirrors. There are mirrors in every single room. Cool. Because they definitely had mirrors. Well, they had mirrors. They just were shitty mirrors. And, like, small. Yeah. Um, there's also like things in the trees and some of the trees even have cameras. So the people, the trees, the trees, the people there had agreed to majority of it, but not all of this. Originally 25 families. What? Trigger warning. Vietnam war. (laughs) Originally 25 families had agreed to live like their grandparents where most folks volunteered to come down because they thought the U S had become very sinful. Oh, so it's just Trumpers. Well, yeah, and some were like, we can practice our religion better. Others just wanted to run away. Some wanted to practice environmentalism and save the earth. Basically, 25 families were like, yes, we're in on it. Jesse's parents are there because her pa was so in love with 1800. He was he was a blacksmith before he came to this town. Yeah. And her mom was just like so in love with him that she followed him. Okay. I don't love you that much. No, no. I mean, they didn't have cell phones. I mean, they did, but not like the way we do. But like, I mean, this woman popped out like six fucking kids. Nothing. And she had access to it. Oh my God. Like, good for her. Like, what if there was an issue? She literally could have died. Also... Do you think they, like, shut down those areas for stuff like that? I don't. Gross. Also meeting a hot Cheeto. Okay. Originally, Miles Clifton promised they would get modern medicine, food shipped in if there was an issue, and people could leave when they wanted to. Also, what if these kids grow up and just start banging? I'm sure they will. The oldest are, like, 13 to 16 right now. But you know how banging was, like, a sin back then? Yeah, but, like... But they, like, really... Like, Jessie, like, really believes in this kind of stuff. So she's, like... No, but I'm saying, like, people still banged. No, of course. I'd like to stop talking about kids banging, if you don't mind. I'm not talking about... I said when they grow up. Okay, I'm going to the next part. Um, They also agreed that the kids would get told the truth about the village at age, age 12. But then things went seriously wrong, and Miles Clifton took things way too seriously. Oh my god, what? A what? millionaire taking, taking things, things like, too far? He wanted things to be very authentic. 
So eventually they could not leave, they could not tell people, and the medication stopped. More cameras popped up to watch them and things were just like icky. And eventually her pa, Jesse's pa, had gotten beaten by Miles Clifton's people in the town because Jesse was always asking about words she heard or the cameras and things like that. And he wasn't disciplining her enough. Mm-hmm. Um, because back then it was acceptable to, to beat your children. To beat the shit out of your kids. Um, not acceptable. Hey, not acceptable back then either. No, really. I mean, no. So Jesse's like fucking terrified now. Yeah. 100% on her same side. <laughs> that is so scary. Oh, cool. The people uh, that you want me to go get stuff from are the people who beat the shit out of my dad. Literally, apparently he was beat so badly. Like his excuse that worked was a horse had kicked him. God damn. Got so, trampled. Sorry. Yeah. Um, all she wants to do is ask questions, but her mom's like, you can't, like, we have, you have to listen. She gives her some clothes. She's like, I would go too, but these blue jeans that she gives her don't fit me anymore because I've had six kids in here. <laughs> most realistic part of the book. <laughs> Literally, these jeans do not. The second most realistic part is Jesse, who's again from 1840, yeah. goes, women wear pants? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Hey, it's been 20 years since I put these pants on. No fucking way these they're getting back on. These are absolutely not fitting <laughs> me. And her mom's like, I can't even let you know what it's going to look like outside. I haven't been out there since the 70s. Yeah. And Jesse's mom is also scared because men on the inside are actively fighting against them. And she's incredibly worried about her daughter. Like, she's like, literally like, I am worried that somebody from Clifton Village is going to follow you and harm you. Hmm. Because they're, like, the Trumpsters. Yeah, they, like, have to be living this way. I mean, there's a secret subplot that we don't know about until, like, the last five chapters. Yeah. But ultimately, That like, it's a cult? That it's fully a cult? It is, but it's different. But, yeah, basically, they're, like... She's, like, I'm genuinely worried about your safety. Yeah. So fucking scary. Yeah. She's, like, there's a little hole below this rock... Um, and you're going to have to go down and Jesse's like a little proud that her mom's choosing her to do this. Not like her older sister or older brother. Yeah. Like a child would be. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, of course, like, yeah, ma, I can do this. And like Mm. kind of ignoring the fear Mm. for a little bit. Um, and her job is to find a man named Isaac Neely, who is opposed to the formation of the village. She would have to find a phone. Doesn't know what a phone is. Call this man. And for some reason, she doesn't have to walk to Indianapolis. She doesn't quite get that. Hmm. Indianapolis would be like 50 miles away from this area. And her mom tells her the warning. How's she going to get there? She has no idea. She's going to have to walk. But you said she wasn't going to walk. I know. She has no idea. I'm confused. (laughs) Her mom then tells her the worst news. So it's kind of like fun scary. And then this turns it into serious scary. Because if she doesn't do this and this doesn't work. These kids will die. Which yeah, is, they'll, they'll turn in the mood. Yeah, so Mr. Neely needs to make this news conference and tell the world's what, world what is happening. So she hops into this tunnel and the mom closes the rock behind her and then Jesse opens a door. Scary. So scary. You ready? That was the first five chapters. Yeah. So. You could also just like wait until you hear people whispering in the tree and be like, Hey, they're not giving us any fucking medicine. Well, except for the people will beat the shit out of them. 
Yeah. I mean, her mom's got like six yeah. kids to worry about. That's true. And the last time they beat her dad so bad, and they're not giving them any new, any like modern medicine, so like they're super susceptible to infection. Yeah. Like the the parents at least probably have vaccines, but it's heavily hinted that these kids were supposed to get vaccines and, and never got them. Oof. So that sucks. But Jesse opens the door and she's worried about these people called guards. Um, and she's very surprised surprised by the flooring being alternating black and white squares because she's never ever seen a, a floor that wasn't dirt or wood. So I just think it's so interesting of all these little things that she's like, holy, holy shit. Yeah. Like all the lights are... Chessboard on the ground. Yeah. All the lights are not candles. She's like, I literally have never seen shit like that. Oh, she'd be fucking blinded. Yeah. And she's like wanting to ask. She like, she considers going back up to ask her mom just her first preliminary questions. And she's like, no, no, no. Okay. I'll have to save them for later. (laughs) She then hears men, guards talking and she hides. So... Dudes. Guys. So she hides and she goes to like permanently hide in a place that her mom calls the bathrooms, which she explained as an indoor outhouse. She doesn't have toilets or anything like that. Why would you put the poo in the inside? (laughs) And her mom explained that when the tourists came in, she could could just walk out. Mm -hmm. And she hears the men talking about how they're going to close the tourist attraction. Either way, she makes it to the bathroom and sits on an odd white chair, and she's excited that she made it safely and that no one saw her. Is there? An, is this place have a name, or is it just the name it's of the village? It's just called Clifton Village. Okay. The next morning, she wakes to an awful sound of rushing water, immediately confusing her, but then she remembers where she is, and she is still confused by the both the sound and the light. She hears some girls talking, another whoosh, and she realizes that time it came from her toilet. She becomes very inquisitive. Where could this all be going? But she decides, oh, gosh, I, re- I actually got to go to the bathroom. Where am I going? And she goes, oh. In the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, in the toilet. And she does. And she's like, I fucking figured it out. I figured 1996 out. I did potty. But she's like really happy. And she looks in the mirror, worried that it's one of the ones that people could look back in on her, which would, I mean, immediate trauma for the rest of your life. Every oh, yeah. Year. You would never be able to Mm-mm. see a mirror again. But... Again, this is the first time, like, the mirrors were shitty back in the days, but so this is the first time she's been able to see her face really clearly. Yeah. And some girl watches, washes her hand, and she's, like, staring at this girl. And this girl's like, what? Never seen someone wash their hands before? No. Literally? No. (laughs) Hey, nah. (laughs) And Jessie's worried someone's gonna come, like, collect her and put her back in Clifton, but the girl just, like, leaves, because, like, nobody gives a a shit. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Jesse's also happy to see that a lot of these girls are dressed similarly to her. Yeah. It is crazy that, like, to think about how they know everybody. They know everybody that they know, yeah, uh, that yeah, they yeah. see. They're, everybody they've ever seen is somebody they know. Like, yeah. I mean, there's thousands of strangers I've never met before. Yeah. There's people in my neighborhood, in our neighborhood, I literally haven't talked to before. Yeah. Like... Um, she leaves the bathroom and finds out she's in the same room she was in last night, but it's light and it's much larger than she thought. And it's packed with people. She just stares at everyone, but no one's paying any attention to her. And there's this lady who's like, come on, we've got to get ready for the tour. And she's ended up corralled into this group with other girls. And she realizes she's going to be a tourist. Mm. 
as she experiences her town and the future at the same time, it's like super strange because she sees photographs and they're all pictures of her town, people she knew, including her. Yeah. But no one like notices she's the same group. And okay, again, just like of the times, she's from 1840, 1996. 1840 was before the Emancipation Proclamation. Fuck yeah, dude. In the group, she sees black people. Not the term she used, but the term I'm going to use because it's 2023. And this did book she, was... Did she... Not the N-word. Okay. Um, the other N-word, but no E-R or A or anything like that. The more Spanish N-word. Yeah. Uh, they. She also sees mixed children... And she's a little disappointed because they're not pure black. But they are the first black people she's ever seen. So she thinks they must have been freed. And a black girl asks a question. And Jesse says that Mr. Whittingham was wrong. Black folk can think just as well as white folk. Which Progressive I, take. Super. Which <laughs> I just, I mean, so even in the 1840s, like, obviously there were people who were abolitionists, all that kinds of stuff. And this 13-year-old girl is immediately like, oh, clearly black people are basically the same as we are. Oh, that's a person. Are. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, they must have been freed. Like, cool. Like, no residual hate or anything. Yeah. Just like, oh, that's a person. Crazy. <sighs> also, I just want to say, these people were put into this village in the 70s. Yeah. All the adults had time outside of the village. What racist motherfucker went in there? And decided... I know about slaves. I think I'm going to take the persona of somebody who loves slavery. Yeah. Because you know, like, there's people in there who are like, oh, I don't know, like, let me take the persona of... Like, they probably worked with people of color. It's the crazy Trumpers. Literally. So, basically, the tour guide is like... Oh, oh, oh. The tour guide says, not everyone in the town thinks it's 1840. When they're learned enough, they... When they're old enough, they learn the truth. And Jesse's like, okay, that's not true. No, we fucking know. <laughs> but she like speaks up in a way that like she's she's a quick thinker. She's like, that doesn't seem authentic. Like yeah. to see if the lady actually believes that because she's like, maybe the lady doesn't know or maybe she does and she's trying to hide it. Yeah. Already being like, oh, this service worker doesn't, it doesn't control what's <laughs> yeah. going on. Yeah. And basically the tour guide's like, we do our best, but it's kind of rude to Jesse because like, shut the fuck up, you little kid. I'm tired of giving tours. Yeah. And Jesse talks to another girl. Ow. I'm getting bit. I'm getting bit. Bruno's in a mood tonight. Um, when I was sewing downstairs, he was taking my, not pins, my clips off and running away with them. I was like, I'm going to fuck you up. Um, she talks to a girl named Nicole and Jesse just keeps watching her town from the outside because they even have like move, like videos of them and stuff like that. Moving pictures? Yeah. They eventually come to the blacksmith, which is her dad. And someone laughs and they're like, couldn't they find a better way to do that? And Jesse gets mad. And she's like, shut up. He's the best. <laughs> and she's I fucking like, love this guy. <laughs> and she's like, oh shit. But the tour guide saves her and he's, and is like, yeah, he is the best. Like they didn't have all this shit. Like this is what they have. So the kids around her start making fun of everything. And Jesse's becoming more and more upset because that is what she knows. This guy fucking rocks. <laughs> and the tour. I love this guy. Are you done? One more. No? Are you waiting for me to start? Please don't interrupt me again. You have to edit all this out. 
Okay, so hit that fucking. I will fucking kill you. So the tour guide then starts talking about all the events they have, which is strange. And one kid is like, "Isn't this an invasion of privacy?" But apparently, yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> apparently, when the folks moved, they agreed, um, and they're free to leave when they want, which is like not true. But Jesse believes that this lady believes that. Um, they watch the school and Jesse is literally brought to tears seeing that her sister Katie is not in school, which means she's sick at home. Mm. And she's also distraught to see that there are many more empty chairs than there were even the day before. Damn. So Jesse's like, she's like, okay, like, uh, raises her hand. She's like, why are the seats empty? And the tourist tour guide is like, oh, you know, like they have a cold going around. And Jesse's like, makes the decision. She literally doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then finally the tour's over and Jesse he- heads towards the front door. That's a guide turns around, notices something for the first time, turns back around and makes something up. <laughs> I used to do that when I was a tour guide, but I was pretty good at it. Um, she goes outside and the outside has a strange floor and she's like, who the fuck put floors outdoor? Um, she then also notices these weird carriages, very crazy ones, and she hears a woman call them cars. And she becomes excited when she sees grass, very glad that the outdoor floor didn't go everywhere. Yeah, touch grass. Yeah, she's like, thank God. She then starts to walk towards the exit sign and is very sta- scared of someone finding her. So I didn't think there was a clear picture because, again, Jesse's the narrator, so it's not, like, great. But what I'm picturing is, like, prison yard type of thing. So they have, like, those, the, what's it called? The building. Then they have, um, like, a, a walkway, a, a parking lot, a fence. And then they have, like, an exit guide there. And then a secondary fence way further out. Because one of the guises they use is that it's a national park. Mm. So. What the um, fuck are you trying to keep out of a national park that bad? Well, what they're saying is they're trying to keep the animals in for authenticity uh... purposes. Oh, shit. So there's not, like, it's not Truman Show in a dome type shit. No. It's outside, just over there. Yeah. What about planes? Question. What about planes? What about planes? What What happened when planes go by? She then starts to walk towards the exit sign, scared someone is trying to, like, going to come and find her. Like, she's terrified. Aren't they by a major city? They're 50 miles away from Indianapolis. There be planes. Sorry. <laughs> she climbs a fence. Whittly, where the planes? <laughs> Whittly? Um, she climbs a fence and goes into the woods and sees a big road, which must be the highway her mom told her about that goes all the way to Indianapolis and she just needs to follow it. She gets excited to hear a robin because they're not extinct in the near future, which is like great. And she's like, not only that, I can step so good in these pants. <laughs> She's like walking really comfortably. And she walks along the like tiny road into the tree line and can see a guardhouse and cameras. And she gets really freaked because the cameras are turning right towards her. And she panics, taking a while to calm down, worried that again, someone's going to find her. She comes down enough to think rationally and moves towards the guardhouse, excuse me, with cars coming in and out. And she watches for a while and a weird vehicle comes in and she thinks it's a bread truck because of the pictures on it. And these men start to talk and Jesse decides she's got to get into the vehicle. And she does after a while. Gotta get that bread. Gotta get that bread. She, she rousing grounded, honestly. Um, 
And she's like hearing the man sing. And then she's hearing a lot of other people sing. And she's like, how the fuck are other people singing in this fucking car? Where are all these dudes at? Where are all these dudes coming from? (laughs) She's then able to leave Clifton in the truck. But the next question is, how the fuck do I leave the fucking truck? Um... Again, she she just kind of opens the door, causing the bread to fall out, and she jumps out of this truck. Moving or? Well, like, it's slowing down. Like, he's slowing down. But, I mean, I don't think she was stopped because she was scared he's going to get her. And after he leaves, she starts walking along the highway, a 13-year-old along the highway. Is it just stressing you now? Yeah, this is stressing me (laughs) out. I know. And, again, she's paranoid someone is looking for her finding her and she's trying to find a fucking phone not knowing what it looks like yeah um but or what it is what anything she doesn't know how to use she doesn't know shit and eventually she's like walking around and she finds a creek that she recognizes from clifton and this is 13 this is something i would do a hundred percent when i was 13 is the water's moving towards clifton so she puts a twig in it and says, like, like to the twig, like, tell my family I'm safe. Oh. I know, right? She's like, make sure Katie's okay. I'm like, okay, stop. And I'm just like, it's such a fucking sweet little kid thing to do. Yeah. Oh, hey, Bruno. I can't read my notes. Oh, okay. Get out, get out of my space. Oh, you deleted my notes, you bastard. She goes through her pack and gets something to eat, finding, like, weird bills, which she assumes are the money her mom was talking about. And just as she's about to drink from the creek, she hears someone yelling at her to stop. And it's a man. He's like, don't drink that due to pollution. She's like, I have no fucking clue what that is. Um, But he's basically like, that's bad. Like, I'm an environmentalist. I'm just out for a walk. And she's like, fuck no. You're one of Mr. Clifton's man following me. I'm going to leave. I'm going to the gas station down the street that you just mentioned. That's exactly where I was going to go. Yep. That's where I'm going. And I have friends there. Yep. And they're waiting for me. Smart on her feet, obviously. Yep. She's immediately overwhelmed by the gas station, um, by all the options, and by the idea of spending money without a care. Like, I mean, money is completely different back then. They did a lot of bartering in the 1840s. Yeah. Um, but she ends up getting a drink and freaking, like, she opens the door. She's like, how the fuck is it cold in there? (laughs) So she pays with this money and it's like 87 cents for like a soda. She's like, my dad would kill me if I spent 87 cents back at home. That is like 20 horseshoes. And I'm just, I'm just, it's so funny because even now, like, I don't know. It's just funny. Outside the gas station, she finds a phone finally. And after an intense amount of trial and error, she figures out how to make a call because basically back, you know, pay phones, you like put the thing in and it's like press the X or whatever and then type in your number. And she's like, hello to the like lady right off the bat. She's like, hello, I need to talk to Mr. Neely. And then the coin comes back out. She's like, fuck. So she does it again. And it takes her like three or four times. Um, But Mr. Neely doesn't answer and she decides to try again. Because she's, like, super worried the kids in her town are, again, going to die. Yeah. She then has a Because they are. Because they are. She then has a very strange and uncomfortable interaction with a man and runs away. A man? This next part stresses me out so much. Oh, no. 
she runs away and she kind of stares like she finds herself at a traffic light staring at it. She doesn't know what that is, but it's like she's just like fucking mesmerized. And then some boys in a car pull up besides her and beckon her to get into the car. Mm. She's like, I don't need a ride. Indianapolis is obvious. Like she can see a town. She's like, obviously that's Indianapolis. It's right off the road. And they're like, are you fucking dumb? That's a boondock town called Waverly. And then they're like, get in the car. And one of them gets out. Oh, no. And they're becoming like a little demanding. And obviously like she doesn't have any stranger danger. Yeah. All she, the only stranger danger she has is everybody could be working for Clifton yeah. to get me back. So, she, so like, she, this innate, like, ick that these kids give her, ugh, it makes me want to fucking punch him because that's a lot yeah. of ick. So, they both end up getting out of the car. Kind of, like, not cornering her because she's, like, out but and about. coming at her. Yeah. One of them actually ends up grabbing her wrist. Nah. And they're like, come on, like, you made us drive backwards to, like, pick up a hitchhiker. And she's, like, freaking out. And she's like, I want my paw. My paw's just right up the street. And they're like, paw? But she just, like, fucking, like, runs away screaming, like, I want my paw. And I'm just like, I just want to, like, give her a fucking hug. Like, she's just a a baby. She's a little guy. And then she ends up in a chicken restaurant. And she finds another phone. It's KFC. And she calls Mr. Neely, and this time he answers, and she just fucking word vomits. And he's like, what? Hello? She's like, slowly, she's like, my name's Jesse. I'm from Clifton. I need you to do a news conference. And she's like, okay, I don't know what that means. How about I just come pick you up from the restaurant? He's like, don't worry. Like, you don't need to worry anymore. Um, we're sending a medic to Clifton now. And he's a handsome man. Um, and he's old in a white car. Apparently it's a fancy car. She again, doesn't really know anything. And as they're in the car, he's kind of like distant, not really answering his, her questions, but asking a lot of questions to her about her town, about the kids in town, about the diphtheria and all that. (laughs) Trying to fucking, uh, diagnose them. Yeah. Um, and he takes her to his house and she's amazed by the size of this house and when he offers some water, she's like, oh, I'm not I'm not sure I want to drink that because the last time I tried to drink water, it was dangerous. And maybe he just doesn't know that the water's dangerous. Um, she tries to sleep but can't, so she decides to leave the room. And at this point, she can hear Mr. Neely on the phone, so she gets a little closer. Plot twist. He says, I've got her. I've drugged her. She knows too much. We may have to kill her. Did, dun, that, dun, did dun. that get you? Yeah. Um... She freaks the fuck out. What? I know. Heads back to her room and another man shows up and they're talking about how their research is more important. I know. This book gets kind of crazy at the end here. Okay. I didn't pick up on any of this when I was a kid. They start to come towards her room and she freaks the fuck out. Obviously. She actually ends up hitting her head and blacking out. And um, as she's like in the state right before unconscious, she can hear Mr. Neely be like, Oh, look, she must have fallen out of the bed because he gave her so many drugs. <laughs> classic, classic comedy. <laughs> when the when the child you drug falls out the bed because you gave him too much drugs. Exactly. She tries to get, like, when she wakes up, she tries to get her shit together, how to escape, but she is, like, in pain. Like, yeah. she, oh, she's on the second story, but she. I remember the twist. Yeah? Yeah. Do you want to say it, or? It's that they are giving them the, the disease. Okay. That's your, that's your prediction? Uh, yeah. Okay. 
Um, she ends up escaping out the second story window um, because she's like pretending she's bragging to her brothers. Like she's climbing a tree or trying to get down. She's like, uh-uh, Andrew, I'm sure I can do it. Like she's literally like saying these things. Cause again, she's like coping. Yeah. Coping with the situation of nearly getting murdered. Mm-hmm. And as she jumps down, she's like, Oh God, my legs are killing me. Like they're, I'm stiff, but she's like, I am outsmarting Clifton's men. Like she's like, Holy fuck. Like I am kicking ass in this century. Yeah. And she ends up walking and ends up at a bus station where a kind old lady helps her out. And, and this old lady is just talk, talk, talking. And she's like, oh my, she just wants to be like, shut the fuck. She's literally like, she so just won't fucking stop talking to me. She's like, my head hurts. I am tired. And this lady, and so she's like, can you tell me about what a news conference is? And so she's like asking specific questions to this lady who won't shut the fuck up. And they actually end up passing the Capitol building and there's a news conference going on. Yeah. Um, That's one. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, oh, okay. So she goes into the Capitol and um, uses the phone to, like, call around on the phone book. Like, just news businesses, I guess. She doesn't know what she's doing. I don't know what she's doing. Mm. Immediately getting hung up on, which makes her lose her mojo. Her head is, like, spinning. All she wants is her mom, but she knows she has to, like, save... Like, she has to save Clifton. So she, like, kind of gets back in the gang and the groove and starts making more Give calls. Give me the government boy. <laughs> So she goes, gets the government boy, right? Yeah, all the she government goes, boys. Come here, government boy. Come here, government man. And um, woman. So we're hitting our last uh, five chapters, chapter 21, 25. She tries to relax after calling a bunch of folk. She's just hoping like anyone will come. But she's too scared that Mr. Neely's after her to like really relax. And eventually some news people start showing up talking about what could be going on. And as Jesse starts talking, they're like, oh, it's a hoax. Mm-hmm. But she keeps going and they don't believe her, especially after she mentioned somebody named Mr. Neely, who they believe is a Mr. Neely who died in a car crash a few years ago. <laughs> Do you hear anything? Nope. Probably not picking up either. Oh, probably not at all. So Mr. Neely died in a car crash a couple years ago. The real one or? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we don't even know who that guy was. Cool. But they, like, again, they don't believe her. They're like, okay, this is just a hoax because Clifton dropped some news that they're, like, closing um, the same day. So they're like, this is just a fucking hoax. And they start to give up. She's like, oh, I know what I can do to prove it. And she starts reciting all the presidents. And, you know, like, the thing they do at the cliff, like, reciting all the the presidents. yeah. Yeah. And just as they, like, start to believe her, because they're kind of like, hey, that's a lot of, like, accusations. Like, do you have any confirmation? She's like, here's... George Washington. <laughs> Literally. And then just as they believe her, she collapses. Does she have the disease? Yeah, Uh-oh. the whole time she had diphtheria. So she's in and out of consciousness for a while. And one day when she finally feels clear-headed, she sees her younger sister, Katie, who was the sick one. <laughs> um... Who's scared and starts crying about where her mom and pa are. Bruno, we're literally trying to record. We're literally trying to record. Literally, we're trying to record. He wants his mom's toy. Apparently, almost every kid in school is in the hospital right now, except for none of the adults are there. She gets to see two more of her siblings. Um, Andrew, who's in a chair with wheels on it. And Jessie wonders if she looks just as pale and sickly as her siblings. That's a fancy, fancy chair. This is when she learns that two kids from her school did pass away. Oh. 
And she feels incredibly responsible for this. And not only that, but one of them was her brother Andrew's best friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She's only 13. Like, Wait, she, why'd you put that on her? I know. She then learns that at the end of this, Mr. Seward, who was one of Clifton's men in town, went crazy. He went full school shooter vibes. Yeah. Came into the schoolhouse with a gun and told them, like, it's going to be okay. Like, we just got to keep the health officials out. And he's going crazy. And no one told them why they didn't want the medics to help. They're like, obviously, this is a good thing. Full cult standoff. Yeah. So then Mr. Smythe and Mr. Seward were in the school and they were like, we like the little sister, Hannah's sister or Hannah and Andrew, her siblings are telling her this. They're like, we couldn't even leave to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? And then like Andrew's like, Hannah, tell her. And Hannah's like, Hannah's like a little bit more girly girl timid. And Hannah's like, I tripped Mr. Seward. And Jesse's like, no way. (laughs) And then she's like, yeah. And then as he fell, like his son got the gun and Mr. Seward was like, perfect. Like, give me the gun. And the the boy was like, no, you're going to hurt Hannah. And he let all the kids out. And then Jesse's like, this is literally so kid. They're like, so he did like you. <laughs> and Hannah's like, well, when I was tripping him, I was just imagining what you would have done. And I'm like, shut up. So cute. Yeah. But they haven't seen a grown up since then. Um, another sweet kid moment happens. In, they're in an actual hospital. They're right? in a real, oh, okay. like, a, like yeah. current 1996 hospital. She, again, couldn't sleep because she's really freaked out that two of the kids had died feeling really responsible for that and she leaves the room and she sees news about clifton and this is where we learn that clifton was an experiment for diphtheria to create a genetically enhanced species and i wrote here of course they were all white because that's what eugenicists think is the correct way to do it um we don't really learn that much more because again the, the prime narrator is 13 so just one disease though they were like Oh, if we get them past diphtheria. Well, I think they were going to start with diphtheria. Okay. Um, again, this was like the first time this was going to happen in their village. But they didn't have the population to do that. And that would have taken like hundreds of years. Yeah. Eugenicists are dumb. Yep. Um, so she gets in trouble for watching TV. And over the next few weeks, they can't see their parents and no one will tell them why. So she takes it upon herself, being the only one who knows anything about the current present world, to sneak out of bed and call a reporter. And the reporter's like, no fucking way. You're Jesse. Everyone in the news world would like sell their firstborn child to talk with you. Yeah. She's like, I just need to know where my parents are. And he's like, okay, well, how about you answer some of my questions and I answer some of yours and we do an interview together. You have one. I have one question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, during this, she learns that her parents were not arrested in the group of people who were arrested, mm-hmm. but she can't see them because they're being evaluated by the state to ensure they're good parents. Oh. <laughs> um, and apparently the tourism was just a cover. The whole thing was the diphtheria experiment to create a better gene pool. Wow. Um, and there's like a, uh, trial going on. That's and cool. apparently the man who was pretending to be Mr. Neely was actually named Frank Lyle because he lied to her well she was like kind of worried she was like how did he get the phone number she was worried he'd killed people to get the mm. phone number 
But apparently, by a stroke of luck, the people were on vacation when he broke into their house of the person who took Mr. Neely, or, like, got Mr. Neely's phone number after he passed. Mm. So they're like, she, he kind of says, like, the it, reporter's like, I don't know what he would have done. Yeah. But the people were not in the house. Because they, they knew she left. Yeah. They were recording her the whole time. And she, they knew that she was going to call this number. Yeah. Okay. So a few days later after her story breaks, she's allowed to see her mom on supervised visits. And four months later, she and her family are back in Clifton. It's just them, no one else. And they're allowed there because her pa had um, a mental breakdown. <laughs> and he's having a really hard time adjusting to the outside world. So he's now currently, until the judges decide what to do with it, in charge of the land. Mm-hmm. And her siblings have fallen in love with the outside world. Like, her brothers love cars. Her sisters love, you know, kid stuff. Mm-hmm. But Jesse's, like, still just really scared. Dude. 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 Hmm? Transformers. Bro. Those imagine little boys going, are going ape shit. Imagine going from 1860 to Transformers. Yeah. 1840s, you have to do chores all the time, to 1996, where you actually get to be a child, and you're not just used for labor. Yeah. Yeah. And diphtheria experiments. Yeah, that too. Um, so the way that they kind of like end this book is her mom gives her some like comfort words, but she realizes she's still scared but she finally feels that she has landed safely. What do you think? That's a cute book. Yeah, kind of scary, right? How do you think these kids took Y2K? Probably not too good. (laughs) (laughs) They probably believed everything. They're like, yeah, we're totally going to die. That sucks. We just got here. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to write a review for this one on the story graph? Um, yeah. Okay. So... This book would be for someone who's in the mood for adventurous, challenging, again, made for 13-year-olds, dark, emotional, funny, hopeful, informative, inspiring, lighthearted, mysterious, reflective, relaxing, sad, and tense. Yes. All of them? Hell yeah, baby. I wrote, or I chose reflective and sad. I wouldn't say sad. I thought it was sad. I would sad. say stressful. Mmm... What about challenging? Yeah. Okay. How would you rate the pace of the book? Well, considering I'm an adult reading at a fifth grade reading level for this, I would say personally really fast. Yeah. But if I were, I'm going to say fast because I'm an adult. Um, Plot or character driven? Learn how to read, losers. Hold this L. I wouldn't say there's any character development because, I mean, she's just a kid. And it was like over the course of what? Like two days. days. Yeah. Did you find them lovable? Yes, because I wanted to hug her the whole time and give her cookies and make her feel better. <laughs> Would you say the cast is diverse? No. <laughs> are there what flaws? What is that over there? <laughs> they are, she's, there's, there's no flaws that are focused on. Rating, what would you give it? Zero to five. Uh, 4.5. I would too. That was a good book. Yeah. Anything else we want to add? I don't think so. Um, let's add a Bruno meow to the end of this episode, I oh, think. okay, let me save this then. Okay. And you give it a good meow. I'll, I gotta warm it up first, okay, so let's close out the up. episode. So, thank you folks so much for listening to our first episode of Books Justin Didn't Read in School. Um, my name's Blue, I love to read. And my name's Bruno, and I go...
Come on, Bruno. Come on, do it. He knows you want him to. Yeah, I know. Come on. One more. One more. He mad, Dad. Yeah, he is. And I'm Justin, and I hate reading. <laughs>